0: Welcome to the Glory Podcast. We're so glad that you're listening. Our mission is to declare God's glory. Please visit glorychurchkc.com to hear all of our other messages. It's your breath in our lungs. Um, My name is Dalton. And I'm the Kids and Small Groups Director here at Glory Church. Um, yeah, kids! Woo! Um, we love kids. Um, Greg and Kate are at the beach right now, maybe. So congrats to them. That would be nice, wouldn't it? Um, but I mean, I've been, I've, been, I've been looking at their Instagram story and every day, I don't know if you guys have seen it, they are at the beach every day. Every single day, that's all they've done. I think they built a puzzle. Puzzle and beach. Um, but we love them so much, and they do just such a wonderful job of leading this church. Um, Lexi said that today we have B team up here. I thought that wasn't very nice. Called it JV, junior varsity. Um, so that made me feel good. So I, <laughs> oh, sorry. Um, but yeah, that makes you feel good before, but... Um, She's wonderful. She didn't, she didn't mean it in a bad way. Um, I woke up this morning, and I was just, uh, y'all ever just sing in the shower? Yeah, sometimes. You ever cry in the shower before? Yeah. Yes. Cry. <laughs> Andrew. <laughs> yes, crying in the shower just feels so good. Does it not? Um, and, like, I had all these plans for my intro, right? You get it all planned out. And then God is just like, uh, no, nope. You ever just have God just be like, no, and you're like, yes, like, like I hear you, God, and like, I will do that, but you don't understand. I, pu- I put in the work, okay? Like, I, I had it all written out. I was ready. It was going to be funny. People were going to know that I was funny. Um, so, okay, I'm listening, um, and I was just listening to this song, and it's one that wasn't new to me, but it's one that I've just been listening to on on repeat over and over and over. And the words like stuck out to me. There's this part in the song where they go, where would I be? Where would I be? Sorry, it makes me emotional. Where would I be? And he goes, if it wasn't for Jesus, where would I be? Where would I be? If it wasn't for the cross of Calvary, where would I be? Where would I be? You ought to think back over your life. You ought to think back where would I be? Where would I be? And I just count it as such a privilege to be able to be up here in front of you. Um, there's nothing that could bring me more peace ever than just being able to talk about God to people, um, to people that love him. Um, there's nothing greater in the world to me. Um, so thank you for allowing me to be up here and being here. Um, to my friends that came, uh, thank you. I love you. And it's, it's just amazing. And so I'm excited This whole summer, we've been going over fruits of the spirit, okay? Fruits of the spirit. So when God gave us his spirit, when Jesus left earth and he left his spirit with us, he said that these will be evidence of my spirit, okay? Love, joy, peace, patience, kindness. These are all things that when you are doing these things, it is evidence of my spirit. The world many times You know, they look at love, they look at joy, they look at peace. Someone who doesn't believe in Jesus or know Jesus, those are words that are good to them. They said that those are evidence of a good person. And God looks and he says that those are evidence of me. And that the only thing that can make us good is because we were made by God and we were given the spirit by God to be good, to be loving, to be joyful, to be peaceful. And today we're talking about gentleness, Gentleness and and to me, that one doesn't seem like the most exciting of all those words, right? Like love, joy, peace, gentle. You know, gentle. But I okay. So I was thinking of some different like examples of like you know when do we use the word gentle? And these are ones that came to mind. Have you ever seen like a couple kids like like infants slash toddlers like when they're first learning to throw a ball, and like they're trying to like play catch back and forth and many times it kinda just looks like, like this and they're just like the ball is either like way off target or straight at the face, there's like no in between. And it's just uncontrolled, it's not like, they have no, like, they're, they have no concept of thinking about the other person's like health, it's just I'm just gonna chuck this ball because it's fun. And many times their mom will look over and be like Timmy, Johnny, whatever their name is and say, be gentle. Be gentle. Be considerate. Be thinking about what your friend, you know, their own health and what they need and not having a ball hit their face, right? Um, if you've ever gotten like an IV at a hospital, there are some nurses that are more gentle than other ones, okay? Sometimes you feel it and sometimes you really don't. Um, they're, it's gentle, right? They, they're, they're taking a little bit more time to be gentle when putting the IV in, right? Um... What was my third one? i got to remember what it was. Oh, yes, when I was younger, okay, and still today, I have very thick and coarse hair, okay? And so when I was younger, I don't know why my parents did this, but they loved to turn my hair into just like an afro of sorts, and they would like... I mean, it would be, like, really long. Like, it would just, like, and they would comb it all the way back. And I have vivid memories of me standing in front of the mirror and my dad standing behind me with a brush. And just so you know, my dad is, like, 6'3", big, not the most gentle man. And he would brush my hair, and he would take it, and it felt like he was just ripping my scalp off. And I remember vividly looking in the mirror, and I could see every muscle in his arm engaged in like, ripping my hair back. And, like, I think, I, think, I don't know, because I haven't felt other people's, like, scalps. I feel like I just have a sensitive scalp. I might just be a baby. But I would, like, cry and scream. And my mom would have to come in and be like, Mark, be gentle with him. So it's like when we think of all those illustrations, it's like, okay, like, calm. You know, it's like being considerate of another person. And many times I think we can believe that being gentle is being passive, or maybe even not being present. But God's version of gentle is not to be away, to be far away, to not be plugged in. It is to be there. Sometimes it's commanding, sometimes it's, it's direct, but we're gonna talk today about what gentleness really is, and I'm excited, because I believe that like gentleness, when we use it, in the Holy, we use the Holy Spirit with gentleness, and we go out, and we speak to people, and we are there for them, it is life-changing. I believe it. And God has a word today, and I'm excited. But uh, let's pray, and then we're going to read some scripture and get into it. But Father, (laughs) thank you again just for allowing me to be up here. Lord, we just pray that you would be here. It would be you and no one else. Lord, we just pray that over this time, it would be your voice that is heard and not mine. Lord, that the things that you've brought people in here to hear, that you would express them clearly that you would open up our hearts, that we could just learn just a little bit more about you today. That's all we desire. So Father, we know that whenever you are present, things change, lives are transformed. We go from being broken, sinners, hurt, to confidence in you, to a relationship with you. Father, today we trust in that relationship. We trust that we know that where would we be without you? But we do have you and we are here. We love you and we praise you. In Jesus' name I pray amen. Uh, Christy, if you want to put on the screen, John chapter 10, verses 1 through 18. It's a, it's a lot of text. Greg doesn't usually read all, all this text, but I think, I think it was important, so we're going to read it. So try and follow along. John 10, 1 through 18, and, and this is Jesus talking to Jews, okay? He's talking to people that, do, like, they know of Jesus, they know of God, but they've been following God the wrong way. They've been misled into thinking that God is a religion it's a task, it's something that they can do. And Jesus comes and says, here's what relationship really is. And this is what he says here. He says, truly, truly, I say to you, he who does not enter the sheepfold by the door, but climbs in by another way, that man is a thief and a robber. But he who enters by the door is the shepherd of the sheep. The shepherd of the sheep. To him, the gatekeeper opens. The sheep hear his voice, and he calls his own sheep by name and leads them out. When he has brought out all of his own, he goes before them, and the sheep follow him, for they know his voice. A stranger they will not follow, but they will flee from him, for they do not know the voice of strangers. This figure of speech Jesus used with them, but they didn't understand what he was saying, so Jesus said it again in this way Truly, truly, I say to you, I am the door. Of the sheep. All who came before me are thieves and robbers, but the sheep did not listen to them. I am the door. If anyone enters by me, he will be saved and will go in and out and find pasture. The thief comes only to steal and kill and destroy. And I love this I came that they may have life, and not only have life, but have it abundantly. I am the good shepherd. The good shepherd lays down his life for the sheep. one shepherd. For this reason, the father loves me because I lay down my life that I may take it up again. No one takes it from me, but I lay it down of my own accord. I have authority to lay it down and I have authority to take it up again. This charge I received from my father. And so here we see Jesus just outlining, I am the shepherd. And he used this metaphor of sheep and the shepherd to describe how many of us often feel already in our lives. It's not not something that is like, oh, whoa, no, I'm not broken. I don't have problems. We already understand that we have problems, right? Jesus says, you kind of like sheep a little bit, and that's okay because guess what? There is a shepherd here. I am the shepherd. I am the good shepherd that will watch over you, that will be there for you, and that's the example that we want to look at today in regards to gentleness because he's so perfectly describing what this spirit of gentleness can look like in our lives. The first thing that I notice in this passage is is how many things that can hurt the sheep. I see the wolf, okay? The wolf comes in and seeks just to to eat the sheep, right? Okay? We see the thief or the robber comes in, doesn't really care about the sheep, but wants to take from the sheep, okay? Is prideful, wants to take for themselves and take away from them. We also see the hired hand that we're going to talk about in a little bit. And so today I have a a sentence that by the end of this, hopefully it's something that you've written down, you've put in your notes or whatever, that I think is what God wants us to learn today about gentleness, a full sentence. But here's the start of it. If you want to write this down, it says, gentleness implies that there is a need. Gentleness implies that there is a need. So we saw the good shepherd and we talked about Jesus. What about the hired hand? What about the hired hand? So this is a man who can be the shepherd, who has all the ability to do so, who has even been paid money to do it, to be the shepherd for the sheep. But when hard things come, they decide that it was more about the money than helping the sheep. It was more about, you know, just, just getting things accomplished in their life than actually being there for the sheep. As I've gotten older, and I still have room to go older, obviously, but God willing, But I have, like, it's like as you get older, you start to learn more and more about, like, true mental health and emotional health and all these things. And it's like when you're a kid, you don't really understand that all of, like, the mental and the the emotional, all the problems that you can have. I've gone through places where, like, I was extremely sad, extremely depressed, and I needed someone there for me. I've gone through times of extreme anxiety and fear where it just feels like whatever is in my life is too big for me to be able to handle, and I'm just looking for somebody to help me. I've gone through times where I don't feel anything. It's like I just feel vacant. I feel a drought, you know, and I so desperately need someone to take me and lead me to Jesus. I've gone through all of these, and as I've gone through these, it has helped me learn that each one of you, each person in my life, goes through these as well. It's not just me. And today, if we're going to think about gentleness and what God truly wants us to be in being gentle, we have to understand that there is a need. There is a need in our friends, in our family, in the people around us. And there's this thing that God brought to me this week. He said that you, Dalton, are a Holy Spirit keeper. Okay, When you accepted Jesus as your Savior, you became a Holy Spirit keeper. Okay? The Holy Spirit came, and I have the Holy Spirit. I have God with me in relationship with him because I trusted Jesus. And that's awesome. That's amazing. But he said, I don't want you to only be a Holy Spirit keeper. I want you to be a Holy Spirit bringer. Not just a keeper, but a bringer. The Holy Spirit is not just for you. It is for you to bring into the lives of everyone that you love. Anyone that I call out their name and say, hey, So-and-so needs help. They need this. I am no longer a keeper. I'm a bringer. And where I go, the Holy Spirit comes with me. And where the Holy Spirit goes, there will be change. Do we believe that today? And he's calling us not to be keepers, but to be bringers. And I wrote this down, and God, it was like, I was like, this is so blunt. I was like, why would I write this down? This is like maybe the biggest point to me for you to remember. And it, it meant so much to me because it was like, wow, I'm so bad at that. And I wrote down, I am not friends with people that I choose not to see. I am not friends with people that I choose not to see. And when we think of that, we think of, C. you mean like Dalton? Uh, do you mean like whenever you're like hanging out, like you ain't making plans with them anymore? You've been too busy? No, I mean, C, like Able to see like what is going on with their heart. Like I long to know them fully. I long to know what is going on with them, where they're hurting, where they've been encouraged, just what's going on. Am I looking to see? I am not a friend if I'm not trying to see, if I'm not looking around. And I think a lot of times we get into this rut where we believe that like our schedule and everything we we have going on, it's obviously not bad. Okay. And many times we're so busy, but many times we use our schedule as an excuse to not see people, to not see our friends. Say, ah, I did my nine to five, um, I had this other thing going on, my friend, you know, mentioned this, that they could use this, but uh, it, it, that, that doesn't really fit into my plans today. And it's not, my plans weren't wrong, so there's no reason, somebody else can help them. Somebody else can be there for them. And we use our schedule, we use our things, our commitments. I can use my ministry here at Glory Church. I can use my kids and small groups director status to tell myself that because I already do so much for God or work in ministry, that I don't have time to reach out to a friend. It's an excuse I've used before. And hopefully that resonates with you guys. I am not friends with people that I choose not to see. I'm not friends. I have, I have proof for you, and I, I wrote that down, and I was like, God, that is so blunt. That's so blatant, okay? I don't know. I, maybe I lighten it up a little bit. And then I read this passage randomly. John 15, Christy, if you want to put it up there. This is my commandment, that you love one another as I have loved you. Greater love has no one than this, than someone lay down his life for his friends. You are my friends if you do what I command you. No longer do I call you servants, for the servant does not know what his master is doing. And this right here, but I have called you friends. He's talking to the disciples. Jesus is talking to the disciples and says, but I have called you friends. For all that I have heard from my father, I have made known to you. You are my friends when I allow you to see my relationship with Jesus. Jesus says that. He says, you are now friends because you know me. You know what's going on with me. You know the real and today, if we're going to be gentle, if we're going to use the Holy Spirit, and if we're going to be a part of life change for our friends, our family, our loved ones, whatever is going on, we first need to see. Jesus says you need to see. You need to be looking. Okay, we're going to continue on with our sentence. So we understand that we need to see, and we're going to continue and and I put gentleness implies that the needs of others, okay, that we see the needs, that they are worthy of our sacrifice, Gentleness implies that the needs of others are worthy of our sacrifice, and it's then this transition from seeing what is going on. You know, I've asked, I've been there, but do I believe that it's worthy of my time, That's, that it's worthy of my effort, that God didn't make me just a Holy Spirit keeper, but he wants me to be a bringer, That is worthy of my sacrifice. This past week, I was talking to Lexi, and like, I just had God, like, continue to bring up this, this place that, that we were supposed to give financially just kept popping up in my head. And again, I said, yes, God, of course, but, like, how many times do you have your butts, right? It's like, of course, God, but do you, you do understand me and Lexi are in ministry, right? Like, we're already in ministry. You know, we don't, we don't have the most finances available. This, seems, this number that keeps popping in my head, that can't that's just craziness. Uh, I need to lower it a little bit okay just to be just to be safe and to be reasonable and it kept popping up in my head and I brought it up to Lexi and we talked about it And her initial response when I told her the number it was and this is nothing against Lexi this was my response <laughs> sorry <laughs> her initial response was like ah, it seems like a lot and it was like in that moment that God said yes I don't want you to give out of your abundance I want you to give out of your sacrifice I don't want you to give out of what that you feel comfortable with. I want you to step out of comfort into what I've called you to. Because that is where you will be blessed. That is where you need to sit in the uncomfortability that you need to believe in me, that this money has never been, never will be enough for you. I am enough for you, and I am with you. And it was just like, I was like, okay, yeah, I'm giving it. So, and it was just... It's just like this sacrifice, and it's not just in money. I wrote down that gentleness takes my time, it takes my energy, my emotions, my knowledge, my compassion, my plans. It takes all my plans, my investments, my finances, my desires, my heaviness, my relationship with God, and it makes them an offering to the person that needs it, to the person that God has called me to. These are all an offering. Here it is. And in just in the way that many times we say God I surrender to you, we need to surrender all those things to the people that we love. We say it doesn't matter my schedule, it doesn't matter what's going on. This is an offering because I love you, because I see you. Would you write this down? I can support those who I choose to get underneath. I can support those who I choose to get underneath. I have another story here, and it involves Lexi, and it's, it's (laughs) but obviously, you just mean a lot to me, Um, so like a couple weeks ago, we went to the pool, Kyle was actually there, and uh, so one of Lexi and I's favorite things to do is we love to make this little platform with our arms, and like, so the person gets on top of it, like the two people that have them, you go one, two, three, and you like explode them into the air, have you guys ever seen that? Some of us, a basket toss. Yes, it's a basket toss, okay? And so it's like, oh, they're going to do a really cool flip or whatever. So me and my buddy David, we get our hands together. We're like, ah, Alexi was a cheerleader, right? She's going to do something, like, amazing. We get her on there, and we go, one. And so, like, my head's under the water. We're like, one, two, three, and we explode up. My head comes out of the water, and it's like that moment, like, in movies, where, like, like water droplets are, like, floating around, and it's, like, slow-mo. And, like, I can't see anything because my eyes are all blurry. And I'm, like, starting to – and I'm, like, man, Lexi must have got launched. It felt like we really got that one. And that second I felt that. The next second I felt a body on my neck. Like, it just came – she just came straight down, and we both just went tumbling to the ground. And I came up, and I was like, Lexi, what are you doing? Like, how did – and she was like, I forgot to jump. That was – I don't think she forgot to – but that's what you said. So, um – and you're like, Dalton, that is a trash metaphor. That doesn't, that doesn't help at all. And I was like, and I agree with you. That's what I was like, God, why did you bring that to my head? <laughs> and then he told me that he said, many times you are viewing your like support for others and getting underneath others. You're determining that based off of an outcome, based off of results. When I'm looking at my friends, I'm saying, do I really think that there's going to be change? And I base whether I'm there for them off of if I think there are going to be results. And I thought about how God looks at us. And if God were to look at you or me, he were to say, Dalton, I'm going to be there for you. I'm going to care for you. I'm going to be gentle with you. But only if you live up to my expectations. Only if you live up to a godly standard. If he said that, then then he wouldn't be there for me because I'm always going to fall short. But God says it's not based off of the outcome it's not based off of what is going to happen. It's based off of me so long, so badly wanting relationship with you. Whether you've messed up, whether things are going to change, or whether they're not, I want relationship with you. And today, God is calling us to choose to get underneath our friends, underneath our family, underneath our loved ones, not based off of what we think they can do for us, what we think they can do for God, but because they were loved by God and we love them. Would you write this down? I can champion someone if I appreciate their worth. I can champion someone if I appreciate their worth. If you can put the next verse on the screen, Christy, we're going to read. This is from the passage that we read initially, and it says, but he who enters by the door is the shepherd of the sheep. To him the gatekeeper opens The sheep hear his voice, and he calls his own sheep by name and leads them out. When he has brought out all his own, he goes before them, and the sheep follow him, for they know his voice. I was thinking about this, and it was just like, the difference between when somebody addresses you and uses your name versus when it's just kind of general is big to me, right? If I look at, like, this section of people right here, and I'm like, I love you. Ah, that's cool, right? Okay, I love you. But if I go, Caleb, I love you. Andrew, I love you. Brandon, I love you. That's more meaningful, right? And Jesus says that my sheep, not only do I lead them out, but I call them by name. And he looks at you today, and he calls you by name and says, I love you doesn't matter what you've done, doesn't matter who you've been, I see you, I call you by name, and I love you. And the tone is set there. Like, the gentleness that we have is that name-calling gentleness, that we are called to see people. It doesn't matter even where it comes from. Have you guys ever been complimented by a kid? That still means a lot, right? Like a little kid, like, you're so cool. Like, yes, yes. Thank you as kids director. I'm like, that's the best. It doesn't matter their status. It doesn't matter who it is, whether it comes from God or a kid. It means something to be called by name and to be loved. When people are gentle with you, it means something. How many of you guys have seen The Sandlot? A lot of us. Okay, yes. There is this, I was just thinking this week about how wholesome that movie is. And there is, so for those of you that haven't seen it, there's this boy who comes into town, he comes at the start of summer, he's a kid, he's out of school, and he comes to a new place and he has no friends, okay? The whole, like, he, the whole start of the movie is, like, he's just struggling. His dad does not have time for him, he has no friends, and he's like, this whole summer is going to be awful. That's a tough place to be. For us to feel alone as, a, as adults, that's tough. That is a tough thing, and this is how he felt. And then there's, like, this really cool, like, baseball playing kid. His name is Benny, and he's got, like, all the talent, all the skills. He's the leader of this, like, Sandlot group that plays baseball, and he sees Smalls. He sees him for who he is. It doesn't matter what Smalls has done. It doesn't matter how good Smalls is at baseball because he's not. He's not good. And he sees him, and he says, come play with us. And he comes and plays, and he's awful, and he says, just keep coming. Just keep coming. It doesn't matter how good you are. I believe in you. And the story turns from Small's like desperately needing friends and feeling alone. That easily could have been a whole movie, right? Could have been. Could have been the whole plot. But Benny stepping into his life changes it to where that's only the first 10 minutes because the plot changes into him going from being alone to having friends and facing a problem together. And in our lives, I feel like God is just calling us To help our friends go from a place where they feel alone, they feel like they're fighting a battle on their own, and stepping in like Benny did and saying, you come with us, there may be problems, but we're going to face it together. Because Benny was able to see his worth. And just the way that Jesus sees our worth and invites us in and says, I want relationship and life with you, is just such an example for us and how gentleness should be between us and our friends. I have the full sentence now, if you're ready to write it down. So we said that, (laughs) bring it. (laughs) Uh, Gentleness implies that there was a need, right? Gentleness implies that there's a need and that we need to sacrifice, right? And so the full sentence is gentleness implies that when we sacrifice to meet the needs of others, there will be life change. Gentleness implies that when we sacrifice to meet the needs of others, there will be life change. And you might be saying, Dalton, you said it wasn't based off of results, right? You said it wasn't based off of outcomes. And it's not. But let me tell you that when you step into the situation with a friend, whenever you become a Holy Spirit bringer instead of a Holy Spirit keeper, your relationship with God will be different than before. Because you are utilizing the Holy Spirit like you've never done before. Because you're stepping into a relationship with somebody that you didn't have a relationship with before. And And no matter what decisions they make or whatever happens, you have done what God has called you to do. And that causes life change. As I was thinking about this this week and how God says and Jesus says, I came that they may have life and have it abundantly. It brought to my mind when I was a counselor at a camp. And they had us memorize this passage in KJV. Um, And I still have it memorized, and I'm thankful for it, because it came up this week, and I was like, wow, that is good. And it goes like this. It's in Philippians. I don't have it for her to put on the board. But it says, let this mind, this is Paul speaking, he says, let this mind be in you, which was in Jesus, who being in the form of God, thought it not robbery to be equal with God, meaning he didn't think anything was wrong with him being God nothing wrong with that. I am Jesus. I am the son of God. I am God. He said, there's nothing wrong. There was no robbery in being equal with God, but he made himself of no reputation and he took upon himself the form of a servant and he was made in the likeness of men, knowing that he was God, knowing that he could have come to earth and just be a king. He could have just ruled. There would have been nothing wrong with that. But he chose to become a servant, to become obedient to death. And it says, even the death of the cross. And then there's this beautiful word in the KJV, and it says, wherefore. Wherefore. And it's like this, it's this word that describes everything that was just said, okay? Everything I just said about Jesus, how he was good, how he could have been God, but he chose to be a servant. Wherefore, and then it says, God has exalted him. God has looked at Jesus and seen his sacrifice and said, I lift you up. And I give you a name that is above every name. That at the name of Jesus, every knee will bow. And every tongue confess that Jesus Christ is Lord. to so the glory of God the Father. And it's this, this thing where God says, I see your sacrifice. I see you right now. I see how you have seen the, your friends. That you have desired to know them. That you have chosen to be there with them. That you have sat, regardless of the outcome, in their problems, in the difficulties. I see that, and you are not alone. You don't go into that alone. Because of that sacrifice, I exalt you. And he looks at you today and says, I lift you up. You never step into anything alone, ever. When you step out in faith with me, I will always be that platform underneath you. And you might fall a little bit, you might fall on your friends or whatever, but I will be there to support you. And that's the example of gentleness that I feel challenged with this week. That this week, maybe during this service, he has already brought to your mind a name, a family member, a friend. You know they've been going through it, you know it's been difficult. And maybe right now you feel like it's time to see. It's time to see them fully, to want to know them, that you want to be gentle with them. And let me tell you, you might be sitting there and you might be like, I'm the one that could use some gentleness right now. I am the one. And Jesus says, I see that. And if no one is ever there for you, no one else, I will be there. I will be there. In fact, when I I thought of you, And I looked at all the problems you had. I chose the cross before that even happened. I said that you're worth it. I chose not to just be God. I chose to see you before you were even born. And I chose to give you a way to not only to be a Holy Spirit keeper, but to be a bringer. And I'm excited for what will happen when this church takes on that spirit, that Holy Spirit, that fruit of gentleness, and it acts out in lives. This place will blow up. Not in a bad way, in a good way. No doubt. It's going to blow up. There will be more people. There will be more authenticity. There will be more relationship. Our small groups are going to be popping. Because, Because, like, everyone has this, like, inside desire to know God all their life. To know Jesus. To know love to know joy, to to know peace. And if we can be a part of helping people see what true love is, what true joy is, what true gentleness is, there will be life change. I'm excited for it. Let's pray. Father, we give everything that just happened here to you. And Lord, I pray that right now, that you would help us as we leave here, as we go into worship here for a minute, that we would be concentrated on what you were saying to us on what you are speaking, on what you want your people to know. That the words that you have spoken today, the words that you have given, are meaningful. That whenever we are gentle, there will be life change. Father, help us to believe that. Help us to know that you are good, that you first were gentle, that you've been there all along the way that you are here for us and that you long for us to go out into our friendships, our families, those ones that we've been praying for so desperately, the ones that have been fighting against you, the ones that haven't known you, the ones that have, that have made our hearts feel so heavy. God, help us to know that it is not over, that you are there, that you long for their heart, that you long for us not to just be Holy Spirit keepers, but to go once more and be bringers. God, would you help us today to believe, to give it one more chance? That even if we invited them to church last week or two weeks ago, if we invited them to small group a week ago and they said no, it's not over. The gentleness doesn't stop because it's not based off of outcome. We're just gonna keep striving for relationship. And Father, I pray that this week, that you would show the people in this room your goodness. Father, I believe that when we pray in faith, things change. We trust in you for change. I pray that next week or this week, that you would help the people in here to be able to see you a little clearer, that you would bring things in their life that are obviously you and nothing else, because nothing else will do. We count on you this morning. And Lord, above everything, we thank you for your son. We thank you that you were first the example of gentleness. That you looked at us and you said, you are worthy to die for. You are worthy to be loved. I call you by name and say you are worthy. Thank you, Lord. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. Thanks for listening to the Glory Podcast. For more information about this message or Glory Church, please visit glorychurchkc.com.